The other day, the other morning, I went and got some gas, and, you know, I thought I'd do the old-fashioned pay with cash, you know? Remember that stuff? Um, anyway, I was, I was pretty close on my, on my change, you know? The, the gal was giving me the change, and I said, I'll just take it all. I mean, it's like, it was a little pocket change. I was just like, okay, you can have it. And she's like, yeah, just, we'll just take it all. So life is kind of that way. You feel like, you know, just take it all, whatever. Right? You ever been there? It's not a gloomsday thing. but it Takes a lot of money to live nowadays. Have you noticed? I hope you're okay. I hope you're doing, getting by or you're making things work. God has a promise to us if we will trust in him with our finances. If we will give, he will give back to us. God promises that. And so we don't have to fret. We just be good faithful. Sometimes we're squeezed. Sometimes we're stretched. Sometimes it's, I don't know. It's a walk by faith, isn't it? You nodded. So you're awake. Check your pulse. You're good. All right, we're going to go to Hebrews, the book of Hebrews. You know that joke is, where's the first cup of coffee in the Bible? You all know that one, don't you? Hebrews, right? So you can remember what the pastor, where he went today by that little thing right there, coffee. Where's that Bible? Oh, yeah, the coffee thing. Oh, yeah. And so we're going to call up my debtor's page. That's a good thing. You see, what the Bible teaches is that we all have a debt because before we get to that text, Romans 3.23, how many know that one by your heart? The wages of sin is what? Death. Right? The wages of sin is death. The free gift are all of sin and fall. I've got Romans 6.23. Romans 3, all of sin and fall short the grace of God. All have sinned. In other words, there's no person that is not in debt when we're born. We might as well get, get, get over it, accept it, but, but God has a plan for us not to stay in debt. And in the service, we're going to have communion. We're going to celebrate the Lord's death, resurrection, and His healing power. To bring us back into a right relationship. See, I'm talking to someone last several days ago, something like that. I'm talking to a friend, and says something like this. And this friend was nothing, you know. This friend that was being talked about was not necessarily any. He didn't go to church. He didn't. I don't really know if he was a Christian, but he had this thought. It's like we have a hole in our heart. And we don't, if we don't have the Lord, we, we try to fill it with all kinds of things. And guess what? You can never completely fill it, right? Without Jesus, we are never going to be complete. We are never going to feel like we're ever going to make it or be good enough. And heaven is going to be filled with people who accepted Jesus. Amen. 
and no other name under heaven by which we can be saved, said Jesus. That's good news for us. You see, my debt is way past my own ability to pay back. I could not live long enough. I could not try to behave good enough. I cannot be, I can never, and no matter how hard I try, I keep falling short of the mark. But God has come to arrest you. So the book of Hebrews is going to talk about the Lord Jesus as our high priest. He's going to compare uh, Jesus uh, superior. He's over the angels. He's going to talk about uh, a race and later in the book. I think we might we might continue on in these these verses and for the next several weeks. So you like to read Hebrews and read up on that. It's been some time since I've spoken uh, all the way through this. I know I've done it uh, some some years ago, but probably don't remember. Maybe you weren't even here. So we'll we'll renew. So God, verse one of the text, Hebrews chapter one. Ha, huh, this is great. It starts out with God. Everything starts with God. Come on. I gotta hear this. God. God started the whole the whole thing. God after he spoke. He spoke the world into existence, but he spoke to the fathers in the prophets in many portions, in many ways. In these last days has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. Notice that phrase. Jesus was a part of the creation creating the world. And he is the radiance, Jesus is the radiance of his glory, the exact representation of his, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm in the Father, the Father's in me. They cannot be uh, contradicted. They are, the Trinity is one. And so even in Genesis, Genesis 1, I don't, I don't have it in my notes, but I know it says the Spirit was moving over the waters. There was nothing. Then God said, let there be, let there be, let there be. God speaks life. God has spoken to us in his through his prophets, the Old Testament, they had the prophets that they looked to. Some resisted the prophet of God many times or rebelled against the things of God. But God so loved the world that he sent his only son. You know that verse? That he sent his own son. That he himself comes to the And he lived among us. And he experiences the pain of this world. In John's Gospel, chapter 1, we have these words, In the beginning was the Word, 
And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Powerful verse. You see, Jesus has to do with the Word. He's, he's actually the Word. He lived it out. He spoke to people while He was on the earth. He brought life to those who would believe. An Old Testament man named Abraham, all the way back in the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 12, we find this wonderful story. In verse 1, the Lord said to Abraham, now his, first of all, Abraham, later when he made the father of nations, it's changed to Abraham, which means father of nations. Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. Now this is, this is, how would you like to be in his shoes? How many like familiar things? I'm one of them. It's a bit scary to just pick up everything and go to a strange place. You don't, you don't speak their language. You don't know their customs. You just come. You're just kind of rolling with it. And Abraham, God is speaking to him, and I will make you a great nation, verse 2. I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Now Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abraham took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his nephew, and all their possessions which they had accumulated, and the persons which they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. Thus they came to the land of Canaan. And Abram passed through the land as far as the site of Shechem to the oak of Morah. Now the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to your descendants, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Then he proceeded from there to the mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai in the east, and there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. There are times in our lives when we need to build an altar. What does that mean? There are times and points that you come in your life and you're going to make a decision, you're going to step out for God, you need to bring that thing to the Lord and lay it. You've got to come to a place where you've got to recognize, without God, I'm not going to make it. Without God, I'm not going to succeed. Without God, I can't do the work that I ought to do, or on and on it goes. Without God, my family is going to suffer. So you begin to call upon the Lord. Abraham began to... Become obedient. It's all about obeying, isn't it? 
if the Lord asks us to do something and we argue with God, it's going to be kind of a duel. Guess who's going to win? God's going to win. Just because God calls you to step out and do something doesn't mean that you're going to be excited and maybe it's not going to be so exciting because you're going to, you're going to have to change. Let's put it down in our terms. What if God would call us to talk to someone about the Lord and we're, we're a bit afraid about it and we just kind of fret over it? And, you know what I've learned? God will give you the words when you, at the right time. Just step out. Love people, dying with the help of the Holy Spirit. Love people with respect. And then, if you feel like the Lord is saying, say this, the other day I was finishing a job and got the paycheck and I was excited, this, this is good, I got something to put in the bank. And the man looked at me and says, something like, Thanks for the good job. And uh, he said something like, you're a good man. Well, I said, thank you. And I said, oh, I probably won't see it anymore. I said, well, God bless you. That's all I said. I think that was enough to just let people know that, that you believe in God. Sometimes you feel led more to say some more. I think life... Is more about being than first being who you are in the Lord and not be trying to make something happen. God orchestrates. Sometimes it's divine appointment. Sometimes there are things you know the Lord helped you to step out and move when he said to move. This is of God. Abraham. Was 75 years old. He was probably a bit comfortable in his ways. And I never got out of the county very much growing up. Aiken County, that was it. Once in a while we get a little bit over and started dating my wife. I got out of the county and over Pillager. Put a lot of miles on the old picket. It was a new thing. It was a new thing. Uh, interesting how God orchestrated all that. That God is involved with our lives. If we will call upon him. Abraham builds an altar. Why? Because he recognized God was in the place. And God deserves our attention and our heart. And to bring our offering before him. Thanksgiving. And I believe in the altars. You can have an altar in anywhere you're at in your heart. You can have an altar moment. You can be on the job and you can have an altar moment. You just take a moment and say, Jesus, I, I need your help. I need your strength. And to be listening. When God speaks, I want to hear. I want to be in a position. I got to keep myself disciplined. Shut off some things. Quiet myself before the Lord. What would he speak to you and I today? 
God has spoken to us, the verses that we read in the text, in these last days. Now, last days has to do with the time that Christ came and we went back to heaven till now, until till when he comes again for his church and all the things that are going to happen. We are, in the, we are really getting to the last days. They were the last days then. They're really in the last days. We have opportunity, don't we? To be led by the Holy Spirit. I believe God is going to speak to you and I in the days that we live in to know how to respond to people, to know how to reach out to people. I believe God has the anointing for us that we can live in our period and in our season of life, no matter how old, no matter how young, that God is going to raise up people who carry the cross of Jesus Christ till the end. And believing God. God, I pray that we would hear what your Spirit is saying revelations, and he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. How do we have that ear? We have to want to listen, want to hear him. He speaks to us so often in our thoughts, in our thoughts, and we have to discern with the help of the Holy Spirit. Jesus demonstrated while he was on the earth, he went to a quiet place, he often slipped into the wilderness. Well, that may not be like a Minnesota wilderness, but it was a quiet place, no doubt. Off in the Garden of Gethsemane was his place. When the disciples couldn't find him, they would probably go looking quite often there. You know what I find so interesting? That Jesus, being a part of the creation of this world, would come down and suffer on an old rugged cross that he spoke into existence. And he would bear the shame and the pain for the sins of mankind. How awesome is our God? He's so awesome we can't even think or imagine. He's able to do what we talked about that in our little session this morning. Secondly, he made the world. Besides speaking, he spoke the world. He made the world. Genesis 1.26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. And everyone's going, Ooh, I don't like creepy things. We sang the song, How Great Thou Art. There's a lyric, O Lord my God, when an eye in awesome wonder, consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, the power, thy power through the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior, God, to thee, how great thou art. You can't Tell me there wasn't a God that created what we see. The problem is 
people in our world need to know the true God. Because there are many gods, so-called gods. All the way it started out, way back in the Old Testament, they would make some kind of a little image, and they would give it a name, and they would bow down to it. Well, you say, that's terrible. It is. Unbelievable. But wait a minute. I have to guard my own heart that I do not let things in this world also become an idol. Anything that takes the place of God becomes an idol. And God has made the world for us to take care of. And he himself is the one who deserves all the praise. He has created the creation. But some, as Paul talked about, worship the creation rather than the creator. You find people need to know Jesus and they can know him. That's the wonderful thing about our God. He's come to walk with you. How many remember the old hymn, In the Garden I Come to the Garden? Well, maybe we should sing that some. <laughs> While the dew lies still on the board. What a picture. What a moment. Early in the morning. And he what? Walks with you. Did you know that was God's initial plan in the Garden of Eden? Isn't that the story that we read about? It was when God came down and walked with Adam and Eve. That was familiar. That was, uh, that was common. That was expected. What happened when sin happened? They were afraid. They went into debt. But God, even then, he clothed them with an animal skin. Even... It took blood. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Why were the animals sacrificed before Christ all through the Old Testament? Because it took blood to cover the sin. But Jesus, in the book of Hebrews, we're going to talk about it later as we go through it, that his blood once and for all paid for. It's done. God made us with a, I believe he made us, in, we read about it, we are made in the image, Genesis 1.26, we are made in his likeness, we, we, can, we, can, we have a will, we have a, we have a heart, we have a soul. And he's given you gifts and talents and passion to do things. God is looking down, wanting to fill your heart, wanting you to look to him, wanting you to experience life with his fullness. See, life is pretty dull without Jesus. Life really isn't. There's this void. There's just this thing that we call a, like a hole in our heart. It's like a debt. I can never pay my debt. I can never, never 
but he paid it for me. He spoke the world into existence. Friends, there's a powerful lesson. I believe the Proverbs spoke about the 18th chapter, verse 21. The Proverbs says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. I want to, I want to emphasize the, the privilege we have to speak truth, to speak blessing, to speak life over your situation, over your loved ones, over your people, over your home, because the opposite can occur. How many know what I'm talking about? You can go into the world and you can hear curse, curse, curse. And every, everything is negative. And all of a sudden you feel, wow, my dream. Where's the life around here? Where's the, the understanding that we are, we are going somewhere? That we have hope. And we have Jesus. Why don't we start our day with praising him every day. This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice in it. I'm going to be glad in it. I'm going to look forward to what God has for me this day. That's the attitude he wants, wants us to live by. That We are going to go out and make a difference because we have the presence of Jesus living in us. James chapter 3 touches on this little member of her body. The, the, the member of is the tongue. I want to read a couple verses. James chapter 3. But no man can tame the tongue. No man, but God can tame it. It is restless, evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be. Now, he's really hitting some. He's really speaking some hard truth here. Wow. The psalmist says, put a guard over my mouth. Who can fix the tongue, God? Because it's a heart condition. It's a heart issue. So out of the heart, right? Jesus said, out of your heart, the mouth speaks. If my heart is in a good place, I'm going to have better things that come out. And so I must fill myself up on truth. I must think on the things that are pure, Philippians talked about, that are good, that are things that are going to build up and not tear down. It's almost like you either see the glass half full or half empty. Either on one side, you're just like, what can we do to bring life, to speak truth? We've got to recognize that Jesus went out and he ministered to people because he spoke the truth and he set them free if they listened. The Samaritan woman wasn't at, she wasn't at all, she was taken back by this Jew actually conversing with her as a Samaritan, they were looked down upon. But she found out that he had the true living water. And she went and told the whole community. And the whole community showed up, was transformed by the living God. 
or our point three is he upholds all things. He upholds all we read about it. He made all things. But in verse three, Hebrews one, it says it upholds all things by the word of his power. You, can you just grasp this? The reason we can live and have our being and the world stays in its course is because Jesus, he upholds it. What if God would take his hand off this universe? It would just be chaos. And see, whenever we put God somewhere else, or we, when a society chooses not to serve the true God, what happens? Chaos. All kinds of things happen. They begin to deteriorate at the core. And our nation is under fire. And our family is under fire by the enemy. We've got to take hold, I believe, and intercede. Pray for your neighbors, pray for your household that we stay strong. Stay strong in the faith. No matter what's coming at you. Is he the shepherd? Yes. 1 Peter 2.25 Often the sheep needed guidance. Continually straying like sheep. I once heard a sermon on by Dr. Tennant. He was our, I believe it was Dr. Tennant, Carolyn Tennant. Met a great woman of God, moved in the spirit, heard from God. And I believe it was her that talked about He saw a vision of Jesus in North Central. This is the time I was in North Central University. She saw Jesus in her vision walking the halls of North Central. It drove me to my knees. What, what she saw was Jesus was weeping because there was very few people that were really spending time with him. See, that, that, that just got me. See, I can, I can think I'm okay as long as I'm doing things for the Lord. That's okay, do things for the Lord. We want to do things for the Lord. But square number one is I've got to have my time with him. And it, out of that comes ministry, the heart of ministry, and the actual ability and the flowing of the Holy Spirit. The church is going to survive The church of Jesus Christ is going to last till the end. He's coming back for his church. The church is people in, who have come to faith in Jesus. Have you ever thought about how it's going to really be? People, you know, they're not familiar. 
Abraham, you're going to a strange place. They're not going to even speak your language. Will you trust me? And so in verse 3, we read final, the final part of the text. He finished the work. He sat down. And I used to think, well, he sat down. He's just sitting there. Well, really what it means is in a place of honor next to the Father. I'm sure he sits there, but he also said, I'm going to be making a place for you. John 14. I go to prepare a place. Jesus is not just sitting there. He's interceding. He's giving revelation. He's here by the Holy Spirit doing the work, building His church. He's in the place of honor. And when He said it is finished on the cross, what He meant, there's nothing else you can do. You can't add to that. Neither can you take away from it. Our sins are forgiven when we come to Jesus. When we simply admit our need for Him, then salvation comes.